People bin shows all the time. Girls like ourselves devour them. Children are put to bed early by their parents, hopefully to not be seen again at night. Housewives take the grocery money and invest in stars to watch season four and five. All episodes are consumed, eventually. Welcome, Nerdy Knights of the Well-Rounded Table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Lady of Thirsty Lake, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome. <laughs> oh, je m'appelle Colleen, Clan McMillan checking in from Paris. Santé, everyone. Bonjour. <laughs> you're so cute. <laughs> Bonjour, it's your favorite French lassie, Flo Siegel, in my hometown of Paris. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> the BGS ladies, through many very thirsty discussions, decided to begin a detailed dorky dive into the sexy, very sexy, historical world of Diana Gableton's Outlander, a stars show adapted from novels. Be warned. This is your warning right here. We will be talking heavily about mature content, as well as discussing sensitive topics such as sexual violence and rape. Um, also a trigger warning for um, infant loss and pregnancy loss at this time. So make sure the barons are out of earshot. And with that, je suis prêt for a recap of episodes one through seven of season two. Let's go to France. Yes, so when we begin season two, Claire has been sent back to the future through the stones to 1948. And she, like we, is suffering without her Jamie. Frank, however, really wants to reconcile, like really badly. Claire tells Frank everything, including that she's carrying Jamie's child. Things are definitely a bit tense, but they agree to try and reconcile anyway and raise the Baron together. This part was like made me really uncomfortable because I like obviously felt super bad for Frank like yeah. super bad yes. and like how traumatic that like your lost wife for numerous years is all of a sudden back and she's pregnant and she's telling oh, you yeah. that like she didn't cheat on you in your time but like there was somebody else and I'm, it was just like how are and you supposed to take all that it's a lot to believe it was and just a like, lot I'm sterile but she found a man who can give her children. Yeah. Mm. And like, you feel it's bad funny. for Frank, but you're also like, I don't like Frank because I want you to be with Jamie. So yeah. it's very confusing. Mm -hmm. It's a very so thank confusing. you next. <laughs> yes. It's just like, okay, move on. Let's get back to Jamie, please. <laughs> mm -hmm. And speaking of which, Colleen, why don't you tell us what happens next? Because we don't stay in the, in the future, in the present tense for long. Thank God. No, we do not. We're sent back in time to 1744, where Claire, Jamie, and Murtagh arrive in France. There, they reach out to Jamie's Jacobite cousin, Jared Fraser, and they hit the jackpot. They get into oh, yeah. the Jacobite cause and also get the keys to his wine business. <laughs> yes. And lavishly dope AF home. Seriously. Stunning townhome. Yes. Like, how Paris. do they get that? Yeah, so seriously. That's like insane. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> no, it was stunningly beautiful. Like, yes, sign me up, please. Oh, good. Mm. And Claire but just after. kept referring it to uh, her home. And I'm like, I don't know any homes like that. That's, yeah, that's a nice little home. <laughs> she, she like does just fine there too. She's like, oh yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I can dig it here. This is great. So Afterward, good. Claire realizes sailors from a recently landed ship have smallpox. Not great during this time because no inoculations, y'all. Mm. This mm, belongs to the Comte Saint-Germain. Douchebag alert, y'all. Whose wine that. shipment has to be destroyed. He hot, though. Like, Comte Saint-Germain is pretty hot. He, he is sure. not my type. If evil, why hot? <laughs> <laughs> he is hot, but, like, his personality makes him, like, oh, yeah. a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and speaking sure. of a two i did not care and i do not care for jamie's longer no. haircut he seems to be either. longer hair in france am i is that correct ladies? it's either longer or he got some sort of horrible triangle bowl cut because something is wrong <laughs> yeah, definitely not as good he needs okay. to tie it back like just get it out of your face like my mom always says about my hair i just want to see your beautiful face like whatever mom i'm gonna yeah, wear my then, hair how i want <laughs> but then i don't like it when he ties it back in later seasons either you know I'm just like, just, season one hair is peak hair yes it's absolutely i agree all right well let's talk about what our we jamie is up to <laughs> yes please <laughs> So Jamie hangs out at a very body brothel, which is quite hilarious, honestly, because he's kind of uncomfortable there. (laughs) And he meets with the body prince Charles himself, thanks to the best cousin ever, Jared. Like, we all need a cousin like Jared. Yeah. What What is that saying from the commercials? Like, you she found it at Jared. Jared's. Yeah. Jared's. <laughs> exactly. He went to Jared. He went to Jared. Yeah, well, Jamie went Jared. to Jared's, and he got the entirety of what he needed for this Jacobite cause. <laughs> Seriously. So despite Claire and Jamie's plan, Jamie is unable to convince Charles to abandon his hopes to take the English throne for his father. Mark me. I love it when he says that. Mock me. Mock me. Mock me, me, James. Charles was unpersuaded. Uh, Claire and Jamie are then invited to the Palace of Versailles, which is very cool, where she wears the best, the best dress in all of TV, maybe? The best red dress ever. It is so low. It's amazing. Stunning. So good. To meet King Louis XV of France. And while they're there, they reunite with the Duke of Sandringham, that douchebag, who tells Claire that Black Jack Randall is still alive. That was quite shocking. I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, wait, what? He got stampeded. (laughs) Uh, And then Claire decides not to tell Jamie, at least not yet, but she does tell Murtaugh. So that was cool. So here's one of my questions for this segment. Like, what date did Claire whisper in his ear? Because, like, when you see season, when you see the earlier episodes, you think, oh, Claire must be whispering the date of the stampede. So either she didn't whisper the date of the stampede and she would have been, you don't think so. Yeah, I think it's when he dies historically because her, because Frank looked it up and she just remembered it. So Sorry, then she's just genuinely that. surprised that he survived the stampede because she if I'm Claire, yeah, huh. I, think, I think she thinks she changed the timeline, right? That's like her big thing. Yeah. Is she thinks she's changing the timeline right and left and then she's not at all. She's like playing right into the timeline, we assume. Right, 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 right. Because I, I remember, Flo, you giving critiques about what is the timeline, what isn't the timeline, when can things change? Yeah. And, and my sense was either she was whispering the date of the stampede and she wouldn't be surprised or she whispered a later date and i was surprised that she was surprised yeah. that jack randall was still alive but well shouldn't she have been a little worried about frank before this 
if she right. thought he was dead, like, shouldn't that have gone through her head? Like, oh no, we killed Jack. I guess that's, Frank's not gonna live. Like, that's, that's my problem. Yeah, yeah, that's my problem. Yeah, yeah I struggle with that a lot. But she was why in don't we? Stress, I guess. Why don't we also talk about not only the red dress, but in this segment, the infamous nipple dress worn by <laughs> King Louis's mistress? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Madame du Barry at this point. Yeah, time. Yes. Madame du Barry was his main mistress, and she was so fantastic. Yeah, so fantastic. <laughs> Colleen, did she you have great. anything else that you wanted to add about the wardrobe? Ooh, yes, yes. Besides that infamous nipple dress. <laughs> Claire has such an astonishing wardrobe this season, yeah. mostly in Paris. She has like 25 different costume changes. Yes. I think in season six, the costume designer said she had six. So this wow. is a lot, y'all. Yeah. Uh, it probably helps that Katrina Balfe, who plays Claire, is 5'10 and looks fabulous in everything. But still, the costume designer is Terry Dresbach. I think that's how you say it. Right? Uh, said nothing would translate from Scotland to France. So, oh no, goodbye, chunky knits and hello, silk. Hello Dior. Hello Balenciaga inspiration. Yes. The costume department made 10,000 pieces just for this season alone. And even the men had to be super intricate and elaborate in their outfits in Paris. Like Jamie looks pretty down to earth, but still hot. Yeah. Yeah, Compared to all the other French men though. Because they're all like in pastels and bright jewel tones. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But I mean as a Parisian, this tracks, like, my mom would never leave the house without, like, full face of makeup, hair done, clothing on point. So, yeah, that's just how we Parisians are. That's just how we bring it. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I lived there, I put on makeup every day. Oh, yeah. When, we t- when I went there with my mom, I'm like, Mom, you cannot wear stretch pants when we go no. outside. No, like, workout gear. You have to wear either nice jeans or something, if it's a tighter legging, like, a dress over it or some sort of long tunic top so it looks like oh, it's yeah. supposed to be that way or else people ask you are you sick yes, <laughs> yes they will they will accost you in the street <laughs> well i think i think i might be uh labeled as sick if i if and when i visit paris but regardless <laughs> time passes and jamie continues to try to sabotage the rebellion while claire begins spending her time at a charity hospital with the best nun ever in charge of it. MVP. At the brothel, where apparently all political meetings seem to happen, Jamie meets a young boy he names Fergus, adopts, and hires as a pickpocket to steal Charles's letters for intel on the Jacobite Rebellion. Jamie and Claire, with the help of Mother Hildegard, who's that boss nurse, break a badass musical code in one of the letters and realize that Sandringham is hedging his bets on who he will be supporting in the upcoming war. Murtaugh and Claire worry that when Jamie spends time with Sandringham, he will try trying to sabotage his plans. Jamie will learn that Randall is still alive. Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's really worried about Jamie's mental state at this time, especially yeah. seeing like all the PTSD symptoms that he had, um, you know, after Wentworth prison. Yeah. So her poor guy. And Colleen, what did you want to share about the music, my love? Mm, Is that Johann Sebastian Bach's music? Yes, it is. (laughs) It really is. Mother Hildegard, that cheeky Bobaton mistress, I mean, Mother Superior, is familiar with his Goldberg variations and advises Claire and Jamie on the musical Spycraft. That part was really cool. Yeah, I really liked that. That Change the key. The key is the key. That's right. And Mother Hildegard is just like 
she's no nonsense. I'm all about her. She's super cool. Yep. Her and her dog. Oh, Every yeah. time there's an animal, I'm excited. So. Shouts Yay. to the dog. The dog has more medical experience and know-how than I will ever have. Oh, yeah. Same. So we have another unfortunate attempt on Claire's life. And Claire and Jamie have a huge conversation. First, she confides that she suspects the Comte Saint-Germain is to blame for the attempt on her life. Mm, there's our danger snack yeah. for this episode. She then tells Jamie the truth about Blackjack Randall being alive. Finally, they agree to hold a dinner party with the Duke of Sandringham to disparage Charles to try and stop the funding, right. basically, yep. for his campaign. When Jamie hears about Randall, he is all about it because Jamie wants to kill him himself. Oh, yeah. He was, like, overjoyed. Because men. I guess that's just the reason. (laughs) Later, Claire confronts Master Raymond, (laughs) the apothecary guy, for selling cascara. Not a great look for Master Raymond. And Claire learns from seeing the bones thrown that she will see Frank again. How would that make you feel? I mean, she's literally a whole other country away. And to hear that somehow she'll be going back to Frank, that would blow my mind. I mean, I guess they didn't plan on staying in France forever, but if I was them, I would try and stay in France forever. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Not not during this time, no. It's pretty dangerous. (laughs) Oh, that's true. (laughs) There is an exit plan. That's true. true. I'm like, whatever. As long as they're out by the 80s, it's fine. They can stay for a couple decades. Paris, and then you're fine. Everything's fine. Uh, Yeah, and also Master Raymond is amazing, and I kept thinking that he would, like, be an elf and like it would just like get super magical because he was just like so pixie-y. We'll and talk yes. about him momentarily. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For, sure. For sure, but he was so cool. I love okay, him so in then, the book too. Not only do we hear from the bones that she'll see Frank again, but we also get a foreshadow of Claire's future as she's talking to Louise, who is pregnant with her lover's baby. Louise, by the way, I love her Amazing. Too. <laughs> yeah, she's hilarious. Like for real, she comes through. Yeah, she does. She and she's really like does. just a badass. The waxing scene is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Poor Mary. Mary's like, oh. <laughs> it was so good. You're naked. And she's like, I'm wearing a robe. Yeah, she's like, Fine, <laughs> guys. This is Paris. Everything's fine. So then Claire suggests that she raise the baby with her husband, pretending her husband is the baby's father. You want mm. me to make love to my husband? Yeah, she's like, are you crazy? That'll make my. <laughs> I'm not doing My lover very mad. upset. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Louise has her priorities straight. Okay, guys? <laughs> she does. She really does. So after that, Claire and Jamie have a big row um, and some big makeup sex afterwards because Jamie has a bite marks on his thighs. Team. That would make me so angry. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Especially I'd be when pissed he drops yeah. the 69 and she's like, excuse me, I know what that is. Yeah, right. She's like, I may not be a Parisian uh, sex worker, but I am a modern woman. So then Charles breaks into their house, which was wild because that guy so like, weird. weighs like 110 pounds wet and clothed. <laughs> like, God, what is he doing? Um, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, the image of him soaking wet is like. I know, I was just like, wait, I'm overtaken by this thought right now and I need to break free of it. So, yeah, Charles breaks into their house, escaping the husband of his lover. And so Claire realizes that Charles is Louise's lover because he too has a bite mark. And this one is from the very cheeky monkey that we had seen earlier. He this bites was- everyone but me. Ha 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 ha. 
<laughs> Freaking Louise. She's like not very sneaky either. She's a queen. <laughs> After Claire is done with work at the hospital, she, Mary Hawkins, and Murta walk home, heading to the dinner party, and they're attacked, which led to Mary being raped. And Claire was recognized as La Dame Blanche, the white lady. The party proceeds as normal until things do not go well for Charles and a brawl ensues and Alex is arrested for Mary's rape because of a misunderstanding. Poor Alex, the good Randall brother. He yeah. looks a lot like Tobias Menzies too. They cast this yeah. really, really well. He's just so kind. I just like really like him a lot. And like, you just feel so bad about him being sick and about him being acute. Like, it's just, it's all really bad. You really want it to work out for him. Yeah, you really do. And so and it's- Mary. It's, I know. Or, yep. or Mary. Well, Claire comforts Mary and grows concerned because Mary is talking all about marrying Alex. Claire worries that if Mar Mary marries Alex instead of Randall, Frank will never be born. So she tries to actually sabotage things once he gets out of jail. Meanwhile, the dinner party let ch left Charles's in uh, investors unimpressed, just as Jamie had hoped. But Charles finds a large investor in St. Germain, who I cannot pronounce the name of as nicely as you two ladies can. You got it. Who Charles requires Jamie to partner with to sell wine to raise funds for the cause. When Claire and Jamie visit Versailles, out of nowhere... Blackjack Randall appears. What the bleep? That was crazy. What the bleep? And Jamie challenges him to a duel. Claire begs him not to duel Frank to save Frank's life. And I mean, Randall says, like, this is this is the great thing about this show, right? How dramatic it is. But but Randall kind of makes it plausible because he even like they even lean into it. He was like, what? what fortune and circumstances would bring us together here right uh -huh. now. I was really, really glad for that because otherwise it's just like WTF, what is happening here? Right. I don't know. I, I would be really pissed if I was Jamie and Claire's like, no, you have to save Frank. So don't kill this man who raped and tortured you. Like yeah. he's asking a lot. A, a lot, lot, a lot. A lot. Too much. And she knows that, but also she still loves Frank and it's, it's so I know, but like, hard. but does she? Like, I don't know. I think she, she does. goes back, she really doesn't. So, like, it right. all left at some point. Yeah, I think what they go through at Culloden really changes her. I guess I don't know. I just feel like when you've got Jamie and you're like living this whole thing with mm -hmm. Jamie, you well, would and be their, like, their oh, children too kind of change things. I think and make her more. And yeah, Claire I mean, does. Claire does eventually say, I was thinking about Frank instead of our family. Right. And she was. And I, she I, was. Claire has such, like, a weirdly enlarged, like, ego of what she can affect in the yeah. past. And it's just like, or you could just, like, live in a quiet village and, like, eat cheese and drink wine and be, like, a normal human and peace out. Like, not everything has to be this, like, Obviously, it's for the story, but right, right. <laughs> it's just like you don't have to keep doing this. Like, just run away. <laughs> What's your problem? Yeah, I struggle with that. It's tough. I mean, she just wants to see the best for everybody. I think, and that's why she tries so hard. Yeah, to change things. But then it's yeah. like, but when you change things, you could catastrophically exactly alter the future. Like Frank couldn't be born. Like. <laughs> 
but it seems like it never does. So like no. the stakes are very low. Like when I first, yeah. no, I thought the stakes were so high. I'm like, oh my God, like she's going to change this and this. And then all these people are going to disappear. And like, mm -hmm. will World War One even happen? What about World War Two? Like who knows? And then it's like, oh no, I can do whatever I want. And nothing. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Or right. she had to go along this path in order to make all these things happen the way they happen. Sure. Yeah, who knows? It's, it's chicken. Time travel is rough. <laughs> That's why Diana Gabaldon doesn't try too much with it because yeah. it is tough. Okay, so the duel, le duel. When Murtaugh goes to set the terms of the duel, Jamie tells him that he's withdrawing the challenge and finally tells Murtaugh the truth about Claire's past. I love this part. Yeah. Especially when Murtaugh punches him in the face. <laughs> it's like, why didn't you tell me sooner? I would have believed you. Like, that's right. I love you, Murtaugh. Ride right or die. He's a king. Later, Jamie and Murtaugh steal Saint Germain's wine, <laughs> hurting Charles's cause while Claire is working at the hospital. When Claire returns home, she has discovered Jamie has gone to duel Randall despite his promises. She arrives in time to see the duel and Randall getting stabbed in the junk, y'all. That was good. It's a rough place to be stabbed. Claire then collapses and begins bleeding related to her pregnancy. This was so That's rough. when men arrive to arrive the duelers and her carriage man takes her away. Yeah. Yep. To go to the hospital. Mm, yeah, this was really hard because at the beginning with her being pregnant, you're just like, everything's fine. Like, it's going to be fine. She's still pregnant when she goes yep. back. And then, of course, like, we find out it's a different pregnancy. And that's right. That, that was the hardest part of the season for me. So... Claire's baby. Devastating. Yeah. The, that whole plot was, I mean, I think it's one of the only times I cried at the show. Oh, I cried in the book hard. Yeah, this was happened. a was real like... rough one. So another trigger warning here, just in case you're still with us and you would like to bow out, we're going to yep. talk about pretty late term infant loss um, and pregnancy loss. So um, Claire's baby is ultimately stillborn and Claire is left nearly dying of fever leaving us to wonder how her daughter in the regular timeline came to be born. Um, again, that was super confusing because we're like, right. What? Right. She <laughs> what has happened? a daughter. Yeah. Exactly. And the daughter looks like Jamie with red exactly. hair. And you're like, you're just left there with Claire's pain, your pain and confusion as to how any of this could possibly have happened. Totally. Yeah. So confusing. And you're like, well, are they telling the truth or like, did they take the baby away? So, like there were a lot of things going on in my mind at this time. Right. So while Jamie is in prison, Claire learns that Jamie challenged Randall upon discovering that Randall raped Fergus, which is another <laughs> horrific, yeah. horrific, horrific. Like child, uh, not only raped somebody, but raped a child, a child. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I hate Randall so much. I could just kill him. He's a piece of shit. He's the biggest piece of shit. So Claire goes to the king to seek mercy for Jamie, who requires that La Dame Blanche decide the fate of suspected sorcerers, Master Raymond and Saint-Germain. This scene was insane. So good. So, so well good. acted. Everyone in that scene. Even the like, the hangsman, the hangman is, or the executioner guy is like, I don't know, somebody's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. So and just like, when they go in the secret room behind, like in the bedroom, First of all, like those really existed because yep. we had secret rooms everywhere in these those castles, and it was just like that is cool if that is what actually happened in those rooms, and not just like illicit love affairs with like cooks and whatever. <laughs> so that was super cool. 
Um, Claire confesses to being a white, pre- uh, a, like a white lady, a white, a white witch, whatever. Yeah, white mm-hmm. witch practicing in white magic. And Saint-Germain confesses to poisoning Claire. Big confession. That. What? Big confession. It like we had been waiting, I don't know, four episodes or so to get that confirmed for us. Like we mm-hmm. knew it because he's a douchebag. But, right. But also it was nice to hear him say it. So despite that, Claire tries to save them both, but Raymond, sneaky little dude, poisons and kills Saint-Germain, which was really cool. <laughs> yeah. you, shouldn't, you shouldn't have admitted to trying to kill Claire. Raymond likes okay. Claire. <laughs> it was his bad, honestly. F that guy. In exchange for Jamie's freedom, Claire has sex with the king, which was the least romantic. Least thing sexy. Least sexy. He, sexy. He didn't even seem to like it. No. And here's the thing. Part of me almost wanted, like, so I wrote the outline for this section of it. And part of me almost wanted to say the king raped Claire because of the power imbalances. Oh, totally. Yes. It really yes. bothers me to say just leaving it as, like, they had sex because... It's kind of rapey, y'all. Yes. Kind of oh, rapey. Yes, very much so. Totally rapey. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we are in some way comforted by the fact that, you know, there was no excessive violence shown to Claire like we've seen in other parts of the show and right. other rape scenes. And um, so small miracles, I guess. But absolutely, right. it was rape because of the imbalance. Yes. Right. And I mean, whatever. It, even if she had agreed to it, whatever it is, it was really bad sex. It was like three so pumps bad. done out of three. P- yeah. Three pump chump three is pump the king. A hundred percent. And then Jamie and Claire are reunited, and they visit their daughter Faith's grave before leaving Paris for Scotland. And that I was love really that. intense. Yeah. That they that Mother Hildegard was like, "Fuck religion. We're naming this baby." Yep. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yep. So that was intense. And yeah, I mean, I, I can talk about that a little bit later, just like how it affected me. But <laughs> well, why don't why don't we talk about it now before we get into things to watch and listen for? Because I, I don't want us to forget about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, so I've I am now in Droughtlander for anybody who's following along. I have watched all of the seasons that are available and I'm very much waiting for the next one. Um, And the faith, the loss of faith like both in terms of the baby and just like the faith that Claire and Jamie kind of have for the future was really hard. It was really hard. Um, I'm not a loss mom, but I am an infertility mom. And so I have a lot of friends who have had losses. It was just, it was like a little too close to home, honestly, especially because Claire was also experiencing infertility to then lose a baby so close to, you know, getting to meet your baby and hold your baby. It's, it was just very traumatic. So yeah. I actually had to, I'm pretty sure, hide my face for part of this yeah. episode. I think I like hid in my husband's arm because I was like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. I even think we yeah. paused it to like yeah. go get a drink of water because it was just a lot. So the show it, needs that a lot. Yeah. Like it does require a lot of breaks and there's so many different like kinds of triggers that arise um, that kind of everybody gets affected by this show in one way or another just absolutely based on personal history yeah i don't remember what the trigger warning was at the beginning of this episode does anybody remember no i can't recall i saw it originally on stars so i'm pretty sure it had a lot let me look at warnings right i can always cut Netflix. yeah i don't um, know what they have yeah while flo while flo looks colleen why don't you tell us some things to watch and listen for 
I was very excited about this because I'm an English major, y'all, and I love deep diving into titles and symbols and all that kind of stuff. So the first two episode titles of the season are really interesting. The first is Through a Glass Darkly. This is taken from a biblical passage, 1 Corinthians verse 13, line 12. Most interpretations of the passage reference looking through a mirror. Black Mirror also kind of gets its title from this. Oh, I love Black Darkly. Mirror. Mm-hmm. Where reality is opposite or where you have like an imperfect idea of reality. So the entire passage suggests that while we can't see clearly yet, we eventually will, foreshadowing that Claire and Jamie's mission is futile. So like they have this kind of warped sense, like Flo said, of their importance of what they can do to bend reality. They totally do. They're almost like, oh, sorry. They're almost like an Icarus situation where like they fly so close to the sun and then they fall so hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm still and trying to figure The out. very first episode just basically tells you in its title that this mission is not going to 100%. work. Yep. And what oh, about boy. the second episode entitled Not in Scotland Anymore? <laughs> this is really cool. I love this one too. Another thing, I thought they might go a little through the looking glass Alice in Wonderland, but instead they refer to The Wizard of Oz, which was a film that debuted less than a month before war was declared on Germany by Britain and France in 1939. So right before World War II began, basically. Mm-hmm. So much like Dorothy, Claire is flung into a new and intriguing world in the first season, but she has a less than happy return to quote unquote Kansas in the first episode of this season. Yeah. Being flung back into the jury 1940s isn't what she wants. It's just too loud. <laughs> it's too loud. It's dreary. Yeah. It's like when Dorothy goes back from beautiful, vibrant Oz to Kansas where she's happy she's like and you were there and you were there and you were there this time she's like Frank you were there (laughs) just not I like how Outlander likes to flip things on its head especially with concepts that we're so familiar with and love like the Wizard of Oz now we're like ugh, we don't want to be back in Kansas anymore And then here's one last thing for the things to look for. I love this. Master Raymond is a time traveler too, which blows my mind. Colleen, how did you figure this out? What informs you of this? How, how do we know that he's a time traveler just like Claire? I was looking him up because I love him. <laughs> I was like, what's up with Master Raymond that we can put in the outline? And I was like, holy crap, you guys. Apparently he is another traveler. Diana Gabaldon suggested that he's from 400 BC. Wait, what? Jeez. So he is a massive time hopper. Like he has been hopping through time forever. And he's always destined to be like this kind of healer and shaman character wherever he lands. And also, according to Gabaldon, he is apparently distantly related to both Claire and Galus. Huh. So maybe this time traveler ability to travel is all linked back to freaking Raymond. It's like midichlorians. How many midichlorians do you have to touch mm-hmm. the stones? Yep. They're off she the teased that she was going to write a book about him. So this is where all this oh. comes from. She's like, I want to write a Master Raymond book. And he's a traveler from almost prehistoric times. <laughs> what? Wow. So crazy. That is Cheers crazy. to you, Master Raymond, for surviving this long through history. Cheers. You're a real one. Okay, so I've just been doing some research on the trigger warnings. Mm. So 
The Netflix one's just like zoomed like this, so you can't even yeah. see it. I saw like sex. They're like up at the top, right? Yeah, they're so yeah. tiny. And then in terms of the stars ones, I can't hit them right now, but I do want to touch upon what I talked about, I think in our first episode, or yeah, in our second episode, about Jamie's rape at um, Wentworth Wentworth. It wasn't until season four, episode eight, that stars like put out all the stops with Wilmington where they actually tweeted out tonight's episode is suitable for mature audiences only and includes portrayal of sexual violence, which is crazy to me that that wouldn't have yeah. been put out for Wentworth. Yeah. That like, is wild. Maybe people complained. Time-wise. I mean, I guess they're just getting much better at trigger warnings yeah, than knowing that they need really them. Good. Yep. I, I feel like there was a content warning about like pregnancy loss maybe. Or maybe, I I honestly don't remember, but I feel like I saw it coming and then I was just like, okay, I need to know myself for this. Because she's so pregnant. And then in the scene where they're back at the stones, she's not visibly pregnant. Yeah, 100%. So your poor brain is like, does not compute, does not want to compute, why? Right, right. And you're just like, well, maybe it's like, maybe she also has the baby, but maybe it's like she also has a kid, you know, or maybe the kids stay with Jamie. You know who knows so right anyways let's talk about yeah let's let's talk about how historically accurate outlander is (laughs) excellent i love talking about the king Woo, king of france louis Mm, the 15th though shown as a privileged douchebag for most of the series pretty much louis actually had the second longest reign of any french monarch after the sun king who reigned for a really long time louis the 15th reigned for 59 years really long time for that Very time period time. for a monarch. He was also known as Louis the Beloved. Weird. Everyone watching the king take a shit, though, very realistic for this time period. He had people around him all the damn time. Because the royal bubbles being of very high importance, after all. For you real. Know if the king is going to have a violent obstruction and maybe his bowel will collapse, that'd be bad. Jeez. I mean, they would watch the royals do anything. Like, that was one of the big issues that Marie Antoinette had when she came to the court of Versailles, is that she came from the court of Austria, where she was, like, not used to being, like, this watched all the time. And she came as, like, a 14-year-old or 15-year-old, and she was like, people need to just freaking leave me alone. Yeah. And then she just, like, you know, lost her way. But it was a crazy court. Crazy. And everybody just, like, wanted favors all the time from the king and would just, like, literally kisses ass just to get what they wanted so yeah yeah, yeah. so the of course French you're gonna have a very inflated sense of who you are if you're oh. a monarch at this time oh a million percent and you just like have no connection to real life or you know the working people of your country it's mm-hmm. how could you you can't so the question is did louis support the Stuart claim to the english throne France was a Catholic country during this time. It is still a highly Catholic country. So it would make sense that Louis would informally back Catholic usurpers like Bonnie Prince Charles and his father, but he had to be canny about his support because open war, not good for the coffers, very expensive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the English were no slouches in the war department, and he was already committed to ongoing fighting in the war of Austrian succession. So like he just couldn't afford to be like super all out saying like yeah yep. stewart's all the way you know not against the english navy no not worth it mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, then why don't we turn to, this is one of my favorite things. Claire is trying to get her privileged friends to care about the less fortunate of Paris. She calls them out and she says, there are all of these poor all in the city. We need to do something about it. And her privileged friends basically say, yeah, they should be moved <laughs> out, out of our eyesight. Ooh, and that the is suburbs. <laughs> certainly not what Claire was hoping. And it's probably because she knows that the French Revolution is coming. Beginning in 1789, the revolution was extremely bloody. King Louis, is this the 16th? 16th. 16th. Yep. 16th and so his wife. King's son. Yes. Okay. Mary Antoinette's were executed in 1793. But the revolution didn't really end until the rise of the uh, Napoleon Bonaparte in 1799. So she's trying to save them, but yes. they're too selfish to save themselves. Right. And yeah. a lot of nobility did escape from the terror, but not all of them. <laughs> nope, yep. there were lots of heads rolling. And Colleen, why don't you tell us about La Dame uh, Blanche? La Dame Blanche. Mm, they're really afraid of her. That was great. They're like, La Dame Blanche! And they beat feet out of there so fast. That part is like, couldn't they have like noticed that sooner? But that's fine. Claire and Mary's attackers mistake Claire for this white lady, a female spirit or witch. What the La Dame Blanche or the white ladies are part of French folklore, but they can also be found in German and Dutch folklore as well. Very, very cool. So they're around. Everybody knows about them. Yeah. I had not either. And then I, when I did my deep dive into the research, I'm like, oh, all right. Look at that. Yeah, that's we're cool. German. Like the Germans were really into this. I mean, I'm not super surprised. French people, just like kind of all Catholic people, just have a lot of superstitions. And so I'm not surprised that they would have some like white witch superstitions. And it's like, my family still doesn't do a, like, we don't sit 13 at a table. We oh. like, my grandma like won't wear green. She won't like get anything with an owl on it. Cause that's the mark of a witch. It's just like, okay, <laughs> you're what? What's Cause I'm curious, why no green? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> nothing makes sense. <laughs> it's very woodsy. I mean, I guess that's witchy also. Yeah, maybe witch. Honestly, who knows? There's some crazy stuff out mm. there. <laughs> when Raymond calls Claire Madonna and yes. says yes. that her aura is the color of the virgin's cloak. So he's also very oh. well versed in Catholicism. Yeah, geez yeah, Louise. Raymond's been like drinking something in the back room for sure. That guy is and it's not Cascara, that's no. for darn sure. <laughs> it's like, of course I sold it. I don't know who to. Yeah, whatever. Everything's fine. He's like on <laughs> drinking some moonshine and like so high on whatever French weed is available right now. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> wild. He's a wild dude. More, more unrest to Raymond, please. I kept yeah. hoping he'd come back. I was like, he's got to come back, right? He's got to come back. That and nothing. Been... Yep. Not yet. Not yet. Who knows? <laughs> well, I think that's where we'll leave it for today. Thank you so much for being with us and come back next time where we continue exploring Outlander and other geeky goodies like our new series where the whole team is exploring the Mandalorian. Remember, last. you can enjoy us. Last episode coming up. Remember, you can enjoy us in our podcast or YouTube format. Either way, please subscribe and please for the podcast, leave five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes, enjoy Colleen's book corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature, and contact us through email and social media. Until next time, raise Jamie Fraser's saber way up and keep that
those episodes streaming. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Bye. Everybody.